the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a very dear friend of mine, just an inspiration to many, many and a, a hand of help and encouragement to those that are in the Bay Area streets. I am in the uh, in the studio today with Reverend Harry Lewis William II. I didn't know that you were the second. Welcome, Reverend Williams, Reverend Harry, OG Rev. Thank you for coming on the show. Just to tell you a little bit about Reverend Harry, there's just so much to say, but I'm going to just read a little bit of his bio. Here, I read that he was born in Brooklyn, New York City, and reared in Ashbury Park, New Jersey. In his late teens, he became enraptured by hip-hop music and culture. South Bronx, New York rapper pioneer Mr. Biggs of African Africa Bombada and the Soul Sonic Force said a gigantic part of the old-school hip-hop revolution is really where his heart was stirred, I'm sure. Africa Bombada, for sure. I understand. Brother Williams went from rapper to minister. This is a brother that really has something to say about the streets. He has a bachelor's degree from Keene University, Union, New Jersey, and he also has a master's of divinity from Palmer Theological Seminary, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, my hometown. What, what? In 2002, Williams relocated to Oakland, where he began a ministry to the formerly incarcerated gang-involved citizens and victims of human trafficking. And in 2015, the Oakland City Council awarded Williams a proclamation for his community healing and violence reduction efforts. And since that time, he has received many, many accolades. He is also the author of seven books, including the novel Straight Out of East Oakland, which features a preface from noted death row attorney Brian Stevenson featured in the film Just Mercy. He also authored an urban fiction novel entitled Straight Out of East Oakland 2, Trapped on the Track. Both of these uh, I read and just could not put them down. You guys really uh, wonderful group uh, books. Also, another one that we'll be talking about is the struggle when the struggle is real, real OG revs, hip hop prayers and um, and uh, prayers and meditations. And that um, I'm I'm so um, grateful to actually be a part of uh, that uh, that work, uh, and be able to put that in the hands of our, uh, ladies. Oh, I'm so honored and blessed to be here with you, sister Vanessa. You are shining light on a hill and a a light in darkness in a tough place. Mm -hmm. And I'm just honored to, to be here. And I'm so thankful this opportunity to share with your listeners. Absolutely. Well, um, 
So a few things you should know about Reverend Harry Williams is that if, uh, and I'm going to just call you OG Rev for the rest of the show. That's, That's fine. Okay. okay. He gave me permission. I just <laughs> want y'all to know that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so OG Rev uh, is someone that you will find in the tenderloin. You will find him in the roughest parts of Oakland walking around um, in a black hoodie and just smiling at folks and making himself available to speak to people, to pray for people, to offer a word of encouragement. One thing I really admire about Reverend Harry is his um, his uh, desire to listen, just to be an ear and listen to people and uh, not always have the answer, but just to listen. And that's I think that's a really valuable uh, thing to especially to hurting people. They want somebody to listen. And so I want to start off our time together asking you, you know, so we, we heard, you know, you have this background growing up in the East Coast. You had an affinity for education, clearly. How did you get started in this fight for justice and fight for freedom and and uh, and social justice? Where, where did that where did that start? Well, I have to go back to my upbringing. My mother was an evangelist back in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and she was also a high school teacher. She worked with young people, and she there were always young people in our house. My mother would go out to the community centers, to the roughest parts of the city, to preach the gospel, to um, provide hope to people who are in really desperate situations. Mm. When I was very young in Asbury Park, uh, there was a riot that took place. Bruce Springsteen has a song about it. It's called My City in Ruins Mm. because Bruce Springsteen got his start in Asbury Park where I grew up. Mm. And so when that riot occurred, uh, the pastor of my church did not say anything about the fact that half of the city was on fire and ashes were floating through the air. Mm. And even though I was a little boy, that was very unusual to me. You know, the pastor preached about heaven, about holiness, but he made no mention of the fact that rioting had destroyed half of the city and that National Guard trucks were rolling down the streets of our little seashore town. Later, as I grew up, uh, I was living in Harlem in New York in the 80s, and that was at the height of the crack epidemic. A lot of people can't imagine that there was a time when crack did not uh, exist, but I remember almost the the week where it just appeared out of nowhere. Right. And uh, during that time, uh, there was a proliferation of, of handguns and automatic weapons in the street. So you'd hear automatic weapon fire in the middle of the night and people were getting slaughtered and people that you knew were getting strung out of this drug. And uh, and it was just decimating the community, creating fear and turmoil and murder. And in that time in, in Harlem, there were churches everywhere, but none of them were involved in the struggle to try to stop this madness or to help the people who had been caught up in it. But there was one preacher who would come out to the streets and he would tell people to go to crack houses where people were selling crack and smoking it. And he would draw a red X for death on the crack house. One day he, uh, he, one day I would talk to him and he said, I want you to meet me down on 125th street, which is the main thoroughfare in Harlem. He goes, I'm going to have a march. I marched with him about 10 blocks. We stopped in front of a, a little candy store where they sold crack pipes and implements of death. Mm-hmm. He walked into the store. He, came, he bought a crack pipe, and he's got a small crowd around him of about 15 people. He came outside. He threw the crack. He told everybody to stand away from him, mm-hmm. all his followers. He said, don't stand close to me. He threw the crack pipe down on the ground. And when, then the owners came outside, and he, he took out a spray paint can. And he spray painted a red X on the on the candy store for death. And this is a time when there's a lot of violence in 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 in, uh, in Harlem. And these people could have shot him to death. Mm. That's why he, he told us to stand away from him because he didn't know what would happen. Mm. And that day I realized that when there was murder and mayhem, we had to do more than talk about the afterlife. Yeah, this preacher made it real for the people, and he came out to rescue the lost in a real way. Wow. That that changed the direction of my trajectory of my theology. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah, powerful. And so he was willing to put his life on the line yes. to make a, a statement about the way in which that business was, and these these 
houses were yes. participating in this slaughter of the people in that community. That's right. My God. And, 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 you know, and I know you and I have had this talk before about what Jesus, you know, would, would Jesus, the, the one who turns over tables, yes. right? would he be right there along with him? Um, marking the red cross, I mean, red X rather on buildings and saying, repent. Yes. Come away from this. This is not what is, this is not the business. Mm. This is not my business. That's right. Right. So, wow. So, so, so it was there. You, you, had you already decided that you wanted to be a reverend or a pastor or not yet? No, I was a born again Christian. I loved the Lord. Yeah. Um, But my orientation, faith orientation was geared around holiness and the afterlife. And I still grasp those things. Mm -hmm. But what I came to understand by looking at that minister and then reading about the life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was that there was a principle called the dialectic that existed in church, and especially in black faith. Mm -hmm. And what that meant was on on the one hand, in the scriptures, you have the book of Amos, you have Micah, you have Isaiah, and you have these prophets who talk about justice, who talk about feeding the hungry, who talk about Amos, especially who talks about you know, the fact that you can't serve God and then permit injustice to exist. You've got that on one hand. And then on the other hand, you've got the teachings of eternal life and they're not one or the other. Yeah. I read a book by Ron Sider called one-sided Christianity Mm. that changed my life Mm. because he began to talk about the fact that if you love God, you're going to have to help you care about whether people have enough to eat or they're, they're being mass incarcerated or treated unjustly. That's so good. And, and then there was King's life. Mm, and another one that you really influenced your life. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yes. Okay. okay. We're going to take a break. I want to come back. We're going to talk about some controversial topics today. Yes. Um, and that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I love is uh, to open up conversation and really invite the Lord to show us what, what pieces of the puzzle we're missing. Um, and I know I certainly haven't arrived. Have you arrived? Right oh, I'm just, arrived. I'm just put yeah. one foot on the other side of the starting gate. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, hopefully the listening audience is in that same place and they want to hear and think and ask God for revelation so that we can all be on one accord with him. Okay. We're going to come right back. Thanks for listening to love. Never fails radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with OG Rev Harry Williams. We are enjoying uh, just a conversation. Some of it uh, is really going to allow us to open up some maybe um, difficult conversations, difficult thoughts, difficult um, issues that are going on in our community. And one of the ways that Reverend Harry is doing that uh, and, and, and creating a dialogue that is sometimes maybe a little bit challenging for us to understand is through music. 
and um, and so he has is taken on his love for hip hop and and now um, created several songs and videos that he's been putting on social media and sharing with whoever will listen to talk about his testimony to talk about things that are going on in the streets and also to compel the church to come out and help and support um, those that are in need that are oftentimes right on their stoop. Um, and one, one of the ways I think that this is these, these, this insight is cultivated is certainly in the East coast, but also Reverend Harry is currently the interim minister of compassionate care at world renowned glide Memorial church in San Francisco in the tenderloin. And he um, sees a lot on a daily basis uh, that would break your heart. I can tell you I've been out there with him multiple times and um, there was lots of encouragement and lots of heartbreak. Uh, but before we talk more about that, I wanted to give, uh, since we just kind of got a chance to hear about your life story, I wanted to give the listening audience an opportunity to hear your latest track. And it's titled River of Life. River of Life. And it's all about uh, your beginnings. Yes. Amen. We, we, went yeah. into the, we went into the studio on Saturdays, last Saturday. So this is the first time anybody's heard it yeah. outside of the people in the studio who created it. It's an exclusive, exclusive on Love Never Fails Radio. So here it is, River of Life. Yeah. <laughs> you might have turned the radio on today looking for a little direction. Life has brought you to the intersection and you're trying to discern just which way to turn. OG Reverend House, y'all. Check this. I remember the days of my life was lost. Every day tasted something like carbon sauce. The devil bit like a big bull with no muscle. Peace inside was the missing puzzle. There was so much pain, so much confusion. Would there ever be an end to this illusion? Out in the block, I could play the role, but deep down inside. My soul was cold. The devil made promises he couldn't deliver. One day I found myself down by the river. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. The father said, son, I can make you whole. I raised my hands up to heaven's throne and said, save me, save me, make me your own. Be the breath of life. In me I pray. River of life, wash my sins away. River of life, river of life. Take me down to the river of life. River of life, river of life. Wash my soul in the river of life. River of Life. Ooh, wow. I am like, I almost got tears just thinking about the wash me in the river of life, Lord. Wow. That's powerful. Oh, the the day that I received Jesus Christ as my Savior stands out far and above the greatest day of my life. The day I will never, ever forget. What was that day? What did that day look like? For that day, I was a very lost young man. As I told you earlier, I grew up in the church, and I was uh, I, I understood all the precepts of Christianity. But the one thing I I also understood was looking at my mother's life. She was an excellent role model. Mm. That it was a tremendous hundred percent commitment. Mm. It wasn't something that you just uh, you know you go to church on Sunday and you just live your life the rest you know the way you want to the rest of the week I realized that this was a, and I fought that for years and years mm. and I came to the point of my life I was just tired of being lost tired of of my life uh, going in in negative directions I worked every day but I was engaged in a, some negative things and I got into a situation where some guys came to my house one night mm. and uh they knocked on the door, mm. and I walked outside, not thinking, didn't realizing the, the level of danger I was in, and there was a violent confrontation, mm. and it started a spiral. Mm. And now today, that would have been gunplay. Nobody got shot, but I realized at a point I had drifted so far from the teachings of my youth, and I said at a certain point, I'm ready to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and take away my sins. At the right time, God had the right person by my side who led me through that process. It was just a few minutes long, mm. but it changed everything about wow. the trajectory of my life. Wow. Wow. Woo. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's just you, you can't explain it. There's just no way to explain how those few minutes just change your entire life. 
Wow. Yes. And so you you write about um, sometimes fictional characters, sometimes people inspired by true stories in your books as well. It, nine books. Is that right? It's it's seven. Some, seven. At okay. least I have to sit down and count them. Uh, and I've ghostwritten some that you will. My name won't appear on as well. Yeah. OK. So so seven books. And, um, you know, what one of my first encounters with you was when you wrote your first book straight out of Oakland, East Oakland. And, uh, I could, I remember you gave me a copy of it and, uh, I I couldn't stop reading it. It was Mm. so good. It was so real. And, um, just describing the dilemma of the young man that you, you know, the, the, the protagonist that you were really, I mean, there were various characters, but this young man that was hurting was, was he you? You know, everyone asked me that. Was I first born? Not really. I, I mean, I've, he has a lot of my characteristics, but um, he made certain decisions that I, I probably would not make. Okay. But even even you in my worst a little. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, young people in the streets read urban fiction. Yeah. And that's people say that, oh, kids in the hood don't read. They read. Yeah. But they read these books called urban fiction books. So I said I wanted to write a book that was in tune with what they, what they re- write. So I took pieces of my life. And part of Firstborn Walker is me, mm. but not completely. Yeah, that's uh, I, I saw little pieces of it there. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten to know you better and your background, I'm like, you know, okay, okay, I get this. And so, so th- this book speaks to human trafficking. It speaks to gang violence. It speaks to gun violence. It speaks to drug trafficking. It has elements of all of those things that someone in East Oakland would be experiencing. And but it it speaks to this drawing of the Lord as well. And so that's what I love about it. It's not glorifying that life. It's uh, providing a real perspective on what, you know, a real view on what's really happening. And yet the, the, uh, an awareness that there is that there is this God that is is waiting to um, be called upon right at that yes. very moment when those guys are at your front door wanting their money. Right. Amen. And so, um, so, so, you know, you went on and you've written other books and, and have those taken on. I haven't read all the, the, mm-hmm. the, the others I've read the first one and also your poetry book uh, or your prayer. And, and, and then you have some poems in there that are kind of like prayers as well. Um, what are those other books um, sort of speaking to similar topics mm-hmm. or different areas? Well, uh, straight out of East Oakland was not my first book. The first oh, that book, was, yeah, that's right. That was your third, right? It was probably the third one. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. The first one, the uh, first book I wrote was a book of African-American history called No Easy Walk. The Dramatic Journey of African Americans. Oh, but, but this I haven't is, read it. But my most current book and some of the later ones that I've written have been books that spoke to the church world mm. about how to about the world of the inner city, what it looks like, how people get caught up in certain nefarious things, and how to extricate people from the darkest situations. Awesome. So my last book is taking, taking it, it to the streets. Uh, uh, lessons from a life of urban ministry and their lessons from my life. Excellent. So when we come back in our next segment, we're going to take a quick break. But in our next segment, I want to talk about a few of those and I want to bring up some of these controversial topics uh, and 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 get your perspective on uh, how a church a leader in a church. You know, my husband and I are pastors at New Hope and, um, you know, our heart is to be one with the people in the street. But I, I know that that's not always the case. And and I, I've, t- I've shared this with you before. I believe that some churches have more of a calling on their ministry to do that than others. But I know for sure that we are all called to do that, right? To get out and be with the people. So um, let's talk about that when we come back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. 
Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with OG Reverend Harry Williams, who is uh, just sharing all kinds of gifts that he's bringing to bear for the people in the streets that are suffering and waiting for the good news. And we have just been touching on in the last segment, one of the books he's written seven. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a pre- amazing, by the way, amazing preacher. Um, there's something when I, I'll just comment before we go into your books, there's uh, something that happens to you. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but uh, Reverend Harry is pretty chill. He's pretty chill when you see him day to day. But then when he gets up to preach, it is like, turn up. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, bam, something happens there. It's a very dynamic, explosive speaker. And so if you have a desire to bring some some perspective about social justice to your church, you I highly recommend you reach out to him and have him come and and preach for you on a on a Freedom Sunday or on a uh, Sunday that is focused on racial um, uh, integration, um, reconciliation, um, and certainly on street outreach and community activ- uh, activating your your church to reach out to the community. Speaking of that, taking it to the streets is a book. It's almost like a playbook that he has written to four churches to get some insight on how one might uh, draw near to those that are in their community uh, that are in need. And so I want to open it up. Tell us a little bit about what, what does this entail? What does it include? Uh, What are some highlights that you could share? You know, as I was waiting for you to to arrive today, I was sitting outside and Fremont is in a beautiful community where there's fresh air and you can see the gorgeous greenery, uh, uh, the Emerald Hills, not far from here. And when I sat down, you could hear young children in a playground. And I don't think there's anything more beautiful than the sound of children playing, the sound of laughter and, and their running feet. And I thought, look, listen to those children and and I thought about the kind of upbringing where they would live. They probably lived in, in homes where they had the best of health care, where they were going to have three square meals. And I thought to myself, right not far from them, half an hour away in Oakland or in San Francisco, children live in a different reality. And children living in the Tenderloin uh, go to school in places where they might have to hop over hypodermic needles. And drug lords with Uzi automatic weapons are standing outside trading drugs for money right right around where they are. Uh, it's, a, it's a desert, a food desert. So you have. So I begin to. Uh, some, often I think to myself, in the house of God, do we understand how these young people are coming to coming to 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 life? How how they're being raised? What the the challenges that they have in each one of these communities? There are churches, and outside of the communities, there are churches with resources that could really help them. Yes. And so in my uh, in my quest to find a way to help, I realized that many churches don't understand the depth of the problems. Here you have an income inequality gap in the Bay Area that has created a situation where homelessness has risen 47% in two years in Oakland. The medium rent in San Francisco is $3,600 for a one-bedroom apartment, we are living in a crisis. I have a question. My question is, Pastor, if you were coming to church on a Sunday morning and you might have had a sermon in mind that might be about Esther or Ruth, but you got one block away from the church and realized that the whole community was on fire, 
and your church building was the only place that had not been wrecked by the by the flames and you walked into that church what would your sermon be about that day mm. so here in the bay area there are, there are children who are sleeping in homeless encampments. Mm. I, I saw that with my own eyes. The first time I went out to one of these encampments, uh, I, I went and I talked to people. And these are people that had houses and, and apartments but could no longer afford the rent in the Bay Area since the influx of the tech industry has caused caused the, the rents to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Housing to become un, 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 not, affordable, not affordable. I walked outside and there was a grandmother there. And I was looking, and she had two little grandchildren, and there were there was, there was mud on the ground and rats the size of your forearm running around, and all kinds of refuge and garbage. It looked like a like a, a third world. And I said to and I and I couldn't believe that some place like this existed in the country, but there are churches where we say that believe in a Jesus who said um, to let that true salvation was to love God with all of our heart soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. So sometimes people tell me, well, that's not really the call of my church. But if you live in this area, this, the, hood is, the, the world is on fire. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to become not just the call of some people, but we all have to realize that there are children who are being impacted. And there was a movie that I saw years ago called Born Out of Brothels, mm-hmm. and it was about human trafficking. And one of the things it taught me was that in uh, in in Calcutta or wherever this took place in India, India yeah. that human trafficking took place because it was poverty. Mm-hmm. And if you want to stop human trafficking, you've got to do something to give opportunities to these young kids who would be running around in a church, in a tent city. Yes. We're back to what you said earlier. What would Jesus do? What would he do? And that's why I've written this book and another one called Street Cred. A Hood Minister's Guide to Urban Ministry. I read that one too. So see, I'm up to three. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, you know, um, you know, you know, kidding aside, this is very serious. Yes. It's very, very serious. And uh, one of the things that um, has struck me and it, it's, 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 uh, these are some of the controversial topics, but one of the things that's, come up for me is, you know, I often meet with people who are, who are adamant that they're, they're pro-life, you know, that abortion is not okay. You know, this is, this is not, this is against mm-hmm. the gospel. I know where this is going. Yeah. But when you ask them, what are you doing to help with the child that was born to a crack addict, a child that was born to an exploited person? who's living in poverty? Are we doing anything to help that child from living a slow death? Because isn't that what they're, they're experiencing slow death. And, 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 and and so that's a chat again. uh, I said I was going to be controversial. Uh, you know, we, we have to take the whole thing. We can't just, we can't just be dogmatic and take one part of it. We have to take the whole thing. So true. You know, and I love that child from the moment they're conceived until the day they go to the grave. Yes. And everything about my interaction with them has to show that I love them. When we come back, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I know I'm living you on a little bit of a hanger here, but we're going to get Reverend Harry's perspective on this and other controversial issues that are uh, we're faced with as believers we really have to um, think these things through. So I want you, want your perspective. We'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Reverend O.G. Harry Williams, who is doing amazing work in the community in the Bay Area and throughout the nation, spreading the gospel and reaching the inner city in particular youth, but just anyone that feels left out, forgotten, abandoned. Oh, yes. And so we were just talking about the topic of being pro-life and then also attaching that commitment to being pro-life to committing to children and people who are living in dire circumstances as the Mm -hmm. ones you described for the rest of their life. What's your take on that? I believe that you can't say that I'm pro-life when you don't have a deep-rooted concern with the children who do come through the birth canal and do experience that first breath but live in desperate poverty. Children who are not going to have proper health care, not uh, have access to clean, sometimes clean drinking water in America. Mm -hmm. Children who won't have access to an educational system that will allow them to explore their deepest dreams and possibilities. So you're creating it. You're, You're living in a world where there's such an immense level of inequality, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be pro-life, that means pro-life after birth as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're on the same page there. And so, so that is, you know, that is so important to me. And as you all know, you know, uh, we're committed to working with women, with their children in hopes that we can save not only that woman from being exploited, but also their unborn child many times. And we have many women in our homes that are pregnant and give birth at our house and then others that have children already in place. And we believe that we're preventing those children from being trafficked because it is a cycle, whether it's trafficking or gun violence or drug trafficking, whatever it is, that's not the design of God for that person's life. And so speaking of that, I was watching a documentary it's not making of the murder. There's one, there's one called that, but I am a murderer. That's a new Netflix documentary. And there was a a guy on there who had murdered his adopted grandparents and he just snapped. He was 19. His foster then adopted father molested him for many, many years. He tried to get the police involved with a friend. They did not help him. He asked his social worker to help him. They did not help him. He had spent the first six years of his life being trafficked pretty much and, you know, beaten and and burned and choked. And what happened was, and when he became 19, he ended up murdering his grandparents because he told them that their son had been molesting and they didn't believe him and he flipped out and killed them. And so my heart broke for this young man because while I think he's very scary and very, you know, I mean, he would be a a scary person to have free. Mm -hmm. He got the life he got, he was going to get the death penalty. It was commuted to life. Okay. But, but my heart broke because there were so many opportunities for someone to intervene and change the trajectory of his life. What do you think about that? When you think about pimps, yes. when you think about drug traffickers, yes. do you see the young boy in the individuals that you encounter? I minister to those people every single day. Yeah. Every, every they're, they're in my life and I minister to people who have, who have taken more than one life and serve, serve prison time for it. I minister to people who are, who have been pimps and I minister to, People who have caught up in human trafficking, it almost always goes back to something that happened to them when they were young. Yeah. And it, it goes back to the community that they lived in. And it goes back to somebody came to see me last week, and this gentleman had was in his 70s, and he'd probably been using drugs for 50 years. Mm. And as he began to relate his tale to me, the one question that came into my mind as I looked at him and you could see he was uncapped and he was destroyed and he wanted to escape from this life. The thing that struck me was 
tell me something. I didn't ask him this, but I wanted to. Was there a church on your block? Mm. Was there, you know, you grew up in poverty in the Bay Area here. You grew up when there was within want. You grew up where there was no guidance, no father figure, no direction. There weren't, there weren't regular meals in your household. Did, was there a church, some pastor, some deacons, some ushers, somebody who lived on the block who represented Jesus Christ? And in their theology, did it allow for them to come out to speak to you? Or was their theology built upon how they could be a blessing to one another? And how they only—someone told me once, I went to someone—in fact, this, I've had this conversation more than once. I've gone to people that I really respected in God and said, shouldn't we come out here and try to be the presence in this community where, where these people are lost and they have no hope? And they said, if they want Jesus— let them come into the church where we are. Mm. We're here. If they want him, they'll come here. Mm. But Jesus is present next door to them. But if he's, if we are the body of Christ, something's wrong if we don't leave the church. And there's people that are in desperate need and would listen to Jesus and want to hear the salvation message. Mm. They live next door to the church building. Mm. I've seen it time and time again. But back to your question, I have met so many people who Iceberg Slim was uh, wrote a book called wrote a book called My Life, the story of a pimp. If you wrote it about fifty years ago, the book has never been out of print, and it's the to- the tale of a man who was molested as a young boy, and that anger against women eventually led him to become a pimp. That book is all in the prison systems. It's in the streets. He has influenced a lot of people to do dark and negative things. But when you read there, you start wondering, where, there's no preacher that went to him, no pastor. Nobody thought that he was worth the time. And I think we're in trouble. The church is losing its credibility, especially in the African-American community, because you see these prosperity preachers who look like pimps and, and exploit people for money. And then on the local level, you don't see these preachers who are going to go out and really minister to people. That's no longer a part of what we do. Mm, wow. So, you know, t- totally tracking with you. And, and I guess the one thing I would love to, we only have a couple more minutes in this segment, but I'd love to hear if I'm, I'm a pastor that's listening in uh, and, and I can tell you, I can tell you what some of the things I hear is how would I keep my flock safe? You know, I have elderly, I have women, I have, you know, children, I have, how would I keep them safe and bring them out into an element that they are not accustomed to, or maybe they've, they're no longer, they no longer want to be involved in that, that maybe they've come out of that life and they don't want to be in the street with all, this is our safe place. Um, what would you say to them? There's a few things I would say. Uh, in the book of Job, there's a passage that I like. I don't have it right offhand, but uh, Job was lamenting, and he began to talk about how he was a an elder of the community, and that when somebody was broken and they were, they were in trouble, they could come to him, and he was a father to the poor. And then it says that when those uh, when he said that um, if there was trouble, I would um, seek out the matter. So first of all, to learn what's going on, to have an understanding of what's going on. Secondly, I think of Dorcas, also known as Tabitha in the New Testament. She was somebody that knitted clothing for widows. Everybody can do something. The second, the third thing is, which will really be the first thing, we need to find out about what's going on in our community. You don't, if your community, if you're out in, in a, you don't have to necessarily come to Oakland or San Francisco, but there are people in distress where you live. First thing is to pray. To get into the prayer closet, to fast, to pray, to have community prayer, and to learn all you can around the subject, and then ask God to lead you. But the thing that happens is that we don't have, we haven't been overcome by a spirit of apathy. Mm-hmm. And with that, we have to, Jesus was was known for having this spirit of compassion. Compassion always compelled him to do something. We have to pray to God to give us compassion, and with it will come courage. Amen. And, you know, one of the things I see is fear, too, you know, mm-hmm. just a fear. Right. But the Bible tells us he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. And so I think that if we just um, stand on his, you know, his word and his prayer and, and pray. Right. If my people will humble themselves and pray and fall and turn from their wicked ways. 
then I will heal their land, right? That's what the Bible tells us, these things. And so I think really, um, um, as you said, praying and and being available to use whatever gifts you have. Amen. Well, we're going to take a break and come back and talk about some things that are going on in the community. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with uh, Reverend Harry Williams, uh, OG Williams. I mean, OG Williams, uh, we are just so grateful to have you in the studio. Um, just uh, just sharing all of your gifts and your heart on this issue of loving people, really. And uh, you've got some events that you want to invite the listening audience to. And I want them to know how they can buy your books as well. So please do share. Well, every two – so in our last segment, we talked about the fact that sometimes people are afraid uh, to to go into the inner city. And if you don't know your way around and you don't know what to do, I can understand that. But I'm going to invite you to come to our Tuesday Bible study. I have a Bible study at Glide Memorial Church at the corner of Taylor and Ellis. Then you can look at that up at uh, glide.org. On Tuesday night, I have the People's Bible Study. It's a community Bible study. And you will be with the folk in the hood and we'll be able to speak to you, teach you some things, and you will be able to teach us some things. It's a dialogue. It's a really rich time. Love to have you any Tuesday night at 6 p.m. we start. Then on Friday the 28th at 7 p.m., I'm going to be having an event um, called Taking It to the Streets. It's going to be at YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and that's on Ellis Street in the San Francisco Tenderloin in San Francisco. So that's Friday the 28th. My website is www.theogrev.com. Awesome. Woohoo. Well, thank you again. Um, we are so grateful for um, you being in the studio. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of uh, different events that we're doing as well and um, and invite you out to participate. Um, so as you all know, we have several things coming up. On the 20th of this month, uh, we are going to be doing Women Rock IT Viewing Party. Uh, We are going to do that in uh, Hayward at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward at New Hope uh, is the location. We're going to have two powerhouse tech speakers, and then we're going to watch the Women Rock IT broadcast together. So if you're interested in that, go to our website, and you can um, get uh, some more information um, on how you can register. Again, that's on February the 20th. That's a Thursday from 10 to 12 noon. And uh, we also have our gala coming up. Uh, kind of crazy to say this, but we are officially sold out. So three Whoa. weeks early, 220 seats. Wow. Filled. That is awesome. Is that amazing or Praise what? God. I don't even That's know what to say. Amazing. I don't even have to promote it anymore. Yeah. But it's going to be a great time. And, and we are going to be honoring Reverend Harry Williams that night um, amongst uh, nine other, 10 other individuals. Uh, 
and we are so grateful for all that you do. I'm uh, grateful to you. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Uh, we are going to have a guest speaker. Um, our keynote speaker is Laura Quintana, who is uh, vice president at Cisco Systems uh, Global. Uh, she's over corporate affairs and, ge- and general management manager of networking academy so we're going to have a great time um and thanks again to all of our sponsors that um uh, and attendees uh also on the 7th and the 8th of march i will be speaking about human trafficking and the church at the bass conference in castro valley uh, teaching uh the church how to protect children and so please do come out and you can register for that online at the bass conference website uh, on March 28th, we are holding our second ICAP workshop. Uh, that ICAP stands for Introduction to Cybersecurity and Programming. We are teaching anyone who attends 16 years and up how to program a video game in Python. And we will give you business attire and a uh, backpack with some business uh, tools. And we'd love to see you out there. That's going to be in San Jose this time at Ooh. Kingdom Worship International Church in awesome. San Jose on Gish. So you can register there. I will be holding a um, survivor and it's called the survivor and me workshop, a training workshop at women of Silicon Valley. And I'm going to be talking about what it feels like to be a survivor of trauma and work in corporate America and how you as a survivor, uh, a, a woman who's leading teams or maybe just an individual contributor, whatever it is, you have a destiny, you have a purpose. And I want to encourage you, despite your abuse, you can accomplish great things in your corporate world. Mm-hmm. Also, um, want to encourage you every first Sunday of the month, we do a love my city community prayer, 430. Um, we have a Hayward location where we do it but we want to have it spread throughout the the bay area at the same time if possible we do it at 4 30 at 22580 grand street if you want to be in agreement with us somewhere else please do let me know just reach out to me at vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com and lastly on the 21st of this month we are going out seven o'clock to do street outreach uh, we'll be in san joaquin county this this uh this month so please do reach out uh to sable or to myself, Sable, S-A-B-L-E at loveneverfailsus.com for more information. And of course, we want to encourage you. We've got a, we've got some new staff over at our store, Natasha Oliver. We're so excited. She's our program coordinator, um, and she is in our store, which is 22580 Grand Street. Uh, we're open Monday through Friday, 12 to 5 p.m. Come on by, uh, patronize, and uh, help us support survivors and their housing, their workforce development, and their just plain old healthy living. We, of course, want to let you know if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.